Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Grace Bible Church's Facebook feed. Uh, if you're trying to find us on YouTube, we're not there this time. We're going just to Facebook. We're going to do a special edition uh, live recording of a good group of our staff together talking about parenting during the pandemic, um, I guess. I don't really know exactly what we're doing because I'm not really in charge. Kelsey is actually in charge. She's running the show. Uh, I just figured I would say a quick hello, let you know that any technical difficulties are my fault, so you can blame me for them. Anything stops working, uh, just comment, Joey, what's your problem? And we'll uh, try and figure it out. But we're doing our best to, to figure it out and make it work. We wanted to hang out with you on a Thursday evening. Our kids are actually in bed and quiet, so <laughs> we're a little nervous if that will stick and hold or not, but right now, it's, it's looking good on our end. So you might not hear any screaming, and you might not hear any dogs. Is the dog outside? The dog's outside. You might hear the dog. We'll see. But I'm going to pass it over to Kelsey, and Kelsey's going to get us rolling. Maybe. She's frozen. Uh oh. Like we said, we're doing it live and it's going to be messy. That's like what the graphic said, I think, right, Chris? Doing it live and it's going to yep. be messy. This is a metaphor for parenting. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, I'm going to do part <laughs> of Kelsey. Oh, I'm going to do part of Kelsey's intro then until she unfreezes. Kelsey was going to tell you that she has some awesome books to give away today. She has four books that I have. The info on somewhere, but I'm not going to search for them right now. We're giving away four books during this time, and there are four of you watching <coughs> right now. So if nobody else comes on, you'll be the winners. But uh, we'll we'll remind everybody in a little bit about it. But we're going to be giving away four books. Uh, I think at the end. Oh, she's really gone now. Throughout the end of this podcast, I think is when we're doing this. Um, but Kelsey has all the real details, but I know she said comments and likes and things like that are ways you can get those books. So she has, I think, one book on parenting and then just uh, three other books that are on um, womanhood, I think. Do you guys remember for sure? I don't really know. All right. Well, we're going to pretend and keep going until we get Kelsey back. It was all working before we pushed go live, I promise. Um, <laughs> but so comment, uh, ask any questions you have, hit uh, like. Kelsey says she's coming back in our Facebook feed. So that's good. That's good. She's coming back. Um, so do that. Um, hey, everyone, we miss you. Yeah. So your comments might lead to a free book coming your way. So we'd love to get that for you. I guess uh, Kelsey's first thing she wanted to do was have everybody introduce themselves. Um, I've already been talking for way too long, so why don't we go um, Jim, and then Kathy, then Chris, then Dave. Let's do that order. You can introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little about how long you've been married, um, your kids and their ages, just a short little intro so everybody knows a little bit about y'all. So to Jim and Diane. Okay, so we're the old folks, uh, Jim and Diane Wilson. We have two sons who just turned 45 and 47, and uh, oh. we've been married 50 years in this August coming up. Yeah. Yeah, so if you get married when you're 14, you can do it. <laughs> oh, that's how that works, huh? <laughs> and we have nine grandchildren. Oh, and nine grandchildren. So, so we're on the... 
side of parenting that's more difficult because, well, it's easier and more difficult. It's harder to have the relationships. It's easier to give them back. Well, can you can you list all of the uh, names and ages of your grandkids? I know you can do it. Yes. That's yes. easy. Abby is 20. Jonathan and Samuel are 18. Matthew is 16. Daniel is 14. Moira is 14. And then there comes Samantha, who is nine. nine. Rebecca, who is seven. Six, six or seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're doing great. <clears throat> it's the pressure of being live. And Jeremiah, who is three. Yeah. Wow. Good work. Good so work. Good. Well done. Cool. All right. I think I said we go to Kathy next. Yeah, my name is Kathy Rocco, and my husband is Oscar, and he is on his own video call right now, so he can't join us. But in July, we will have been married 31 years, and we have three kids. Nathan is 27, Natalie is 25, and Jonathan is 23. And we have no grandchildren, but I have two grand dogs. Nice. Nice. (laughs) You have some grand chickens, too, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. All of Natalie's animals would be my grandchickens <laughs> and pigs and all kinds of things. <laughs> we actually we had a video call with Natalie a few days ago, and the kids got to get a tour around the compound and see all the animals. They loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Chris and uh, Brooke, can you tell us a little about yourselves? Yeah, we're Chris and Brooke Webster, and we've been married 15 years. Well, in December, we will be. So 14 so far, 15 coming up. So we're going to travel the world while the prices are good. Going on cruises and stuff, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Around the world cruise for 15th. uh, For $15, probably, right? $15? $15? Well, they might pay us to test it out. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, any scientists out there. (laughs) <laughs> so and then our kiddos we've got four kiddos how fast can you do it eli is 11 clara is nine rosie is seven and henry is five Woo-hoo. and we have a new kitten and we have chickens and butterflies and a fish and a fish <laughs> nice <laughs> all right we just found out our kitten is a boy and not a girl so oh, get rid of it yeah, <laughs> he has a blue bow tie now, though, so we're getting used to it pretty fast. Mm. <laughs> All right. In my defense, oh, go ahead, bro. Wasn't sure. <laughs> she said she said the vet wasn't sure either. He said wrong first, and then changed his mind. <laughs> I think we couldn't tell what the gender was, and the vet couldn't either. Um, he got it wrong twice. I so. think you need anyway. to look for a new vet, wow. probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find him on the cruise. Okay, carry Sounds on. Sounds good. Dave and Autumn? Uh, I'll say, well, this is Dave and Autumn McMurray. I'll say how long we've been married. You can tell about our kids. Uh, we've been married almost 27 years. Ooh. And yeah. we got married when we were 12, so even younger than uh, Jim and Diane. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> only in Texas, yeah. huh? About our kids? Yeah, only in Texas. Tell, tell, tell our kids' names and ages. Can okay, sure. Uh, I don't know if I actually know their ages yeah. anymore. Um, we have Kirsten. I don't know how old she is. I don't know. She's turn 23. I think okay. She's, yeah, 23. she's turning 23 soon. Cool. A few weeks. And then, so Compton, is he 21 yet? Compton's 21. I'm a really good mother, I swear. Mm-hmm. He's 21. <laughs> and this makes me a good mother because really, 
I'm not about their business right now. Yeah, They're yeah. grown up, right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't need to know how old they are. Yeah. Um, I do know how old the youngest is. Um, I think Karis is 18. Yeah. Yay, right. good. Right. All and right. we do have one granddaughter, and I do know her name. And I do know <laughs> when she was born. Her name yeah. is Ava. And she's perfect. Yes. Mm. And we have termites. Those are our pets. And a dog. Oh, yeah. Pet termites and a dog. But we're trying to kill the termites. Yeah, we've so killed most of them. We're bad with pets. Just don't use fire, Dave, to do that, please. <laughs> we have lots of snails this year. I don't know if y'all us noticed too. this. Well, Kathy's in the same neighborhood as us. There are just snails everywhere. It's insane. Mm-hmm. A lot of snails this year, too. All right. Well, I'm going to pass mine off to Catherine. I've been talking way too much already, so... Well, we were married six years in December. Yes, Woo-hoo. six years, yeah. It'll be seven years in December. No, we were. In oh, we were, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking forward. She's looking to the past. We've already had marriage podcast is next. So we have three kids. Uh, Claudia is four, Joseph is two, and Samuel is five months. Um is that it? We have a dog. A dog. We have seven chickens. We do. We have lots of snails. <laughs> and we have a bird feeder that brings about the same birds every day. So those are practically our birds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kelsey, I'm going to pass it over to you. You got to do the same thing, and then you're in charge. Okay. And I'm plugged into the Ethernet cord in my laptop now, so I think oh, I should. It's so much better. Alex said you couldn't do it. He said we can't do it. We don't have an Ethernet cord. Well, I'm I'm literally next to the TV, like, yeah. Oh, well, we you can't see where I am right now, but Angie says uh, it's fantastic to see our faces, and she loves us so much. We love you too, uh-huh. Angie. Angie. <laughs> so. I think, Joey, I think I, I was trying to watch on Facebook just to see how things were progressing while I was gone. But I, I know you mentioned the giveaway, but I just wanted to show the book super quick. And the, the way that we'll pick winners is just through engaging on the social media, on the post, on the live stream. So we'll draw names and just as you contribute your own thoughts or your own encouragements or whatever, um, we'll choose winners that way. Uh I was going to keep it local, but I decided that I'm okay going to the post office and mailing them. So if that needs to happen, it can happen. So the first book I have is called Foundations. It's by, I need to unblur myself really fast. There we go. Ruth Simmons and her husband, Troy Simmons, they wrote this book. It's just about biblical foundations for families. Um, She's an artist. So there's all these really pretty things in there. This is the first book. It's the only parenting book that I have. Um, I have this book called All That's Good by Hannah Anderson. It's about exercising discernment um, by focusing on what's good and by looking to God as we look to our choices every day and um, trying to honor him and bring him glory with our life. I've got Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. I have not personally read this one, but a lot of people who I respect and love a lot endorse this book. So I thought it'd be a fun giveaway. It seems to be really popular right now, too. And the last book I have is Worthy by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Schumacher. I've been endorsing this book to every single person I can talk to about it. It's just about um, the worth of women throughout scripture and just talking about the value that women bring to their families, to their relationships, to their churches. And just, it's a really encouraging book to look through scripture and see women are awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Men are awesome. 
are awesome too. So <laughs> just how we can be image bearers of Christ in our lives as well. So those are the books. I'm super excited to give them away. That's my love language is giving people books. So. <laughs> well, and the reason we're doing those type of books too is because of Mother's Day, right? This is a Mother's Day special yeah. giveaway. But you don't have to be a mother uh, to win because I think we're celebrating uh, womanhood, great- huh? Yeah, we're celebrating spiritual mothers because whatever, you know, um, I can think of a few women in my life who never had children who were instrumental in my formation and faith. So, yeah. And then um, just just the intent of this podcast. I had an experience today that kind of thought summed it up. Um we did an impromptu lemonade stand at our house and our neighbor across the street noticed our for sale sign and walked over and got some lemonade. And she said, I'm not ready for y'all to move. Like I wanted to watch your children grow up. And, and I thought about it and I was like, we were, Eleanor was four and a half months old when we moved here and she's four years old now. So they have observed a lot of her early childhood and it, it just made me remember that my a majority of my time here my posture was like survival trial and error um learning on the job you know those kind of things but there are people around me whose posture is um wisdom and insight and looking back and reflecting and so I think we can learn from people in all of those different postures. So my hope and prayer is that um, we would encourage one another in our parenting, no matter where we are on that journey. So that was my intent with the podcast. I hope that there's some nuggets that we can all walk away with, um, no matter where we fall on. So um, if we want to just dive into the question, I'd be excited to do that. And again, to win the books, we love engagement. So if you want to answer any of the questions as well, please feel free in the comments. So, but my first question for the pastors. Oh, my second reason. I think it'd be fun just to look into your lives a little bit better. Oh, in a little different way. Because we, we see you all in your ministry position, but it's kind of fun to just get a little glimpse into your life at home. Too. So, Well, I'm going to stay first- really reserved, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> and just for ease of translation, I will just ask the question in one tenth. So is or was. I'm not going to ask it because I know we're all in different areas of life. So just wherever your tenth is, just answer. So my first question for y'all is what was a discipleship priority in your home? Hmm. Are you calling on people? Are we raising our hands? What's the plan? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Can I go? Okay. Um, well, we we asked our kids like what were things that were helpful, so that this kind of jogged our memory, right? Because we're old and our kids are grown up, so we kind of forgot. Um, but a theme that I think all three of them talked about was like authenticity and showing them what it means to depend on Jesus. And so I think that kind of came through in all three of their comments. So I'll kind of summarize. Autumn might remember some of their specific comments more, but just um, trying to get them to cling to Jesus and show them that we were were clinging clinging to Jesus. So it wasn't about doing the right thing all the time, but like teaching them to pray, teaching them to to be needy for God's help. Um, 
think that was a major priority for us. And I would say too, just almost on the other side of it, if you put us in the middle and our children, we were trying to disciple our children, um, it was really important to both of us um, coming from where we came from that we sought out mentors. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine's parents were, I mean, we would, it's unfortunate. We're almost like stalkers. Just watch anything that they did and ask them all the questions. And she's still my friend. Carol's still my friend. But honestly, I was like, okay, so tell me, how did you know to to do this thing or to, or to ask this question? And um, that was so helpful. Um, but I also think our children watch that, right? They And that helped them maybe to understand that we didn't think that we had it all figured out because we certainly didn't. Yeah, we were learning. <laughs> it was really helpful. Encourage them to learn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I want to. I want to tell you first of all that uh, we never had it all figured out, and uh, and because we ask our two sons to tell Today. us some good things and some things we could have done better, and yeah, it just confirmed that. Yeah, we were broken. We were crackpots, man. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, really, for the first eight years of my kids' lives, I probably didn't even understand my own relationship with Jesus. Uh, so that probably resulted in me just following what my parents did before me, which wasn't that great a way to go. Uh, but uh, our we really focused on character versus performance when it came to what was a priority as far as wanting our kids to care about. Like, what are you as a person? Who are you? How do you treat other people? Uh, Those kinds of things, as opposed to, well, those grades aren't good enough, so you just have to work really, really hard to get A's because we don't like people who don't get A's. But So... But actually, my younger son actually told me that was one of the things I should have pushed harder on. So yeah. uh, I should have made him work harder in school. <laughs> <laughs> that was what my my I, I was in gymnastics. I quit almost everything. And I was like, Mom, I wish you would have just made me stick it out. And she would be like, it was misery. Like it was misery getting you to those practices because you did not want to go. Yeah. yeah, but then and then there's the kids where you made them stick it out. They're like, why did you make me do that? I hated that whole season. Yes. It was a waste of my life. And it's like, oh, yes. my. So yes. I, I think for us, um, for Oscar and I, it definitely ditto everything that um, the Wilsons and the McMurrays have said. But one of the things that we have sought to do as parents is really um, we just really believe that so much of our parenting is about who we are in our relationship with God. Um, it's mm-hmm. about our character and who we are, because so much of what um, our kids pick up is from watching how we deal with life right. and how watching we're interacting with others and how they're watching how we're going to God or we're turning to scripture. And so just so much of, yes, we would read the Bible and yes, we would pray. Um, but so much of what we were seeking to do also was be, I guess, not just being an example, but living out the truth that we wanted them to live out, um, to, to mm-hmm. be that living example for our kids, um, for discipleship. And what has been interesting to see in their lives is things that they picked up 
things that they chose to emulate just, and we didn't say, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to be. Yes, mm-hmm. there were times, you know, you know, you don't run to the street and you'd be nice to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's <laughs> certain things that they picked up. Um, one of them is hospitality. We didn't say you must practice hospitality, but we've just always mm-hmm. had people into our home, whether it was through Bible study or something else. And all three of my kids now have people in their homes. And it's like, wow, I never sat Amen. down and said, you must always have people in your home. But it's just, again, things that we did that they have picked up and have done themselves. Mm-hmm. So again, back yeah. to that character of who we are with our own relationship with God and who we are as a husband and wife was really important for us. Yep. I'm glad the voices of experience have spoken. Uh, yeah. we, so we are definitely in the thick of it. I think. Yes, you are. I was trying to say, how do I say this? I think our strategy right now is never give up, never surrender. Um, Amen. Never give up, yes. never uh, surrender. I have a great wife who um, has, we've done catechisms and hymns and Bible reading, and um, we're just praying every night that it sticks and, and that shapes them. And, uh, it, it feels terrifying and like we're careening out of control most of the time. Uh, but we're going to keep going. So (laughs) hopefully we get to the other side where you guys are at. So yeah, fair enough. (laughs) I I would say like, why are we on this podcast? Go ahead. I know we're wondering the same question. Well, she's probably not. I am. Um, but, uh, I think we're at the stage of, training our kids to obey and to trust, you know? So that's our big focus right now is trusting us and obeying us so they can learn to trust and obey God. Yeah. And just building habits, which is just such a long term thing. So, but that's a self-discipline, you know, too. So I I don't feel like I have anything to add. (laughs) I feel like our time of parenting is such a blip on the radar compared to, you know, you guys, but, um, I mean, so I guess I would just echo what Chris said. It's just keep trying, you know, and with little ones, it's so hard to do any Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's hard to do Bible reading. It's hard to do um, prayer with them. It's hard, you know, making those habits is tricky with those squirrely Mm -hmm. little ones. We found some ways, you know, that have worked pretty well, but I'm not consistent with it even then. And, but just keep, you know, get up the next morning try again. <laughs> so, I don't know. Right. So, I guess with all this talk of, you know, character development, whether modeling with your own character and um, instilling these values in your children, what was a way that, or how did you prioritize time in the word or um, your spiritual formation in those years where it was really difficult to be consistent or to have any of that deep time uh you know okay we weren't one of those families that did family worship well okay that's that's defining family worship as you do things a certain way our family worship was we had our meals together yeah uh, almost every evening and and what we talked about at the meals was how was school today and how did your Christianity apply to what happened in school today? I mean, that wasn't the, the question every night, but it was like, okay, what happened? How did it go? What do you think you should do differently? And those kind of, you know, just talking through. And so it was all about uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6. I mean, just mm-hmm. talking about what God has taught us and what he wants us to do 
uh, in trusting him. And so that became our way of uh, of worshiping God, I think. I didn't think I didn't, until today, I didn't really define it as that. But then I thought, yeah, that really was worshiping God because you're honoring him by teaching your children the things that he has taught you. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for um, us, we, we did that as well. I mean, we made uh, dinner time a priority. But before that time, I, when the kids are little, what you guys are talking about, what the clones are talking about, mm-hmm. rather than doing it at the supper table, because half the time you can't even get everybody eating and done at the same time, and mom's trying to clean up, and then it's soon it's going to be bedtime. We just tried to do... We were already going to get ready for bed. Everybody was going to take a bath, and everybody's going to brush their teeth, and everybody's going to get their jammies on. We're all, everybody, we're all going to read a story. So we read a Bible story, and we would make sure we'd pray. So we just, not rather than adding something on, we just would put it in with an, a rhythm that we were already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then when they're older, it was looked more like a supper time mm-hmm. conversation. So that really helped us. It's just making sure it was part of the rhythms of things we were already doing and not making it a a big expectation that we're adding on to our family. So I guess I misunderstood the question initially. I thought it was about like our own individual time, but I think we're doing something different. So my, I was a little confused for a minute, but um, (laughs) okay. Well, one thing one of our children reminded us of when we asked them like, Oh my gosh, what, what were the things that we did that, actually led you to Jesus and then what were the things that we thought we were doing to lead you to Jesus that just literally fell flat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that they all very fondly remember is their daddy, um, we, when they were in school, and I guess we did this even when we were homeschooling, I don't know, anyway, I'm pretty of, sure, like the whole time that they lived with us and were school age children before they left, um, we always had breakfast together. Which was crazy for me because I'm not a breakfast eater. Like I'll get up <laughs> and read and drink coffee, and I don't I don't think about food. But because I didn't need to eat myself, I could make the food right when they're getting ready for school and getting their stuff together. And then we'd ring this bell we have in the kitchen, and they would all come and we would have breakfast together. Um, and that was really a great time because we would ask them, you know. What do you have going today specifically? How can we pray for you? But we always had some sort of book going, um, whether it was we were reading through a chapter of the Bible or a book of the Bible together or some other spiritual formation kind of book. And um, it was just something that they counted on and they knew every morning at 630 or 640. Yeah, so they would do that even all through high school. And um, and then I didn't know what to do when they left because I didn't have anyone to cook for <laughs> because I could cook for him, but he doesn't really need breakfast either. So I'm kind of confused right now. So if you want to send your children over, I will cook for them. For, for breakfast and we can read them at our house, Dave. My kids yeah. love breakfast. Uh, <laughs> I, I, want, I want to hit on the other side of like how we as parents read the Bible. Cause I think you were getting at that as well. Right. And yeah. I would say uh, it was way, way, way harder when our kids got up, three times in the middle of the night and it was like survival. Like, so to me, it was like being a starving man grasping at morsels of food wherever I could find it. So that was what my devotional life Mm -hmm. was when we were young parents, like just trying to survive, trying to be creative, trying to pray when I could pray and read the Bible. Can I read the Bible, you know, pin a memory verse somewhere so I could kind of Mm -hmm. meditate on the Mm -hmm. scriptures because I didn't have the long Bible reading I wanted to that morning because I'd been up all night or, you know, um, so I think just trying to stay desperate and hungry was important to us. So not to beat ourselves up over like, 
oh, we didn't spend as much time in the word as we should have, but more like just try to keep seeking it, trying to find it where we could. Right. I know um, because of the church tradition that I grew up in, I we, I grew up singing hymns, which were super rich mm-hmm. um, in, in theology, and I, I memorized all of them. And so mm-hmm. I would often find myself just singing mm-hmm. the, the Lord's truth, even when I couldn't actually read the Bible, which mm-hmm. it's not a substitute on any level, but at some points that was just all I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would sing yeah. those to my children. I would sing them to myself. I would try to go to sleep singing them. And then um, once that harder spot was over, like some where some of y'all are right now, um, I'm not a morning person, but I made myself a morning person because I needed that time mm. just between me and the Lord and quiet. Mm. And I'm not nice in the morning. I don't, I don't interact. <laughs> so blow my witness big time. Right. So I would make myself get out of bed. Um, yeah. And just spend time reading um, God's word and drinking lots of coffee before I had to actually be kind and generous um, mm. to other people. Um, so whatever works. <laughs> I think that was a mental shift I had to have with having a four year old and now a four month old is I had to approach my time in the word less as I'm a bad Christian if I don't do this and more of like God delights when I meet him in whatever capacity I can. So yeah. he's delighting in this time, not like, why aren't you doing more? You know, like everyone hates that question of why don't we see you more? Why don't we spend more time with you? And it's like, but he's not that kind of a parent. He's, he's delighting in that time and um, he's faithful in like five minutes, you know, five minutes a day. So, Yeah. On a practical note, because that's just totally where I am. I'm right with Kelsey right now um, uh, with all the little ones and, you know, people getting up at six o'clock and you just you can't get up before that. Well, I guess you could, but I have just found it helpful to for me when the kids get up, I give them a banana or a little cup of peanuts or a cup of milk or something. So I don't have to make breakfast right away. Um, and I give them books and they just, they have to sit quietly or play quietly in their room. And I, it, it's not long. Um, actually I used to be able to spend more time, but now with three of them and the baby, I just am copying a few verses because I can focus on that. Even if stuff is crazy because I'm writing, I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, and if I get interrupted, I can get back to where I was right away. Cause I wrote it down and it's really not that much. Um, but it, it's huge. And I can write below in the notebook where I do that. I can copy down a quick prayer. I can write down a quick prayer, um, based on that passage. And, um, that can just take five minutes, but it's, that has been something that's helped me a lot since the baby was born. Um, just on a practical note, but uh, I also love getting up before everybody. It's been hard for me to let go of that because I can't, mm-hmm. I cannot often get up before the kids now. Right. Um, yeah. And I've survived on that since I was a kid because I grew up in a big family and that was the only time you could be by yourself ever is if you got up early mm-hmm. and went out of the house in the backyard. Um, <laughs> so that's what I did. And so I, it's, it's mm-hmm. actually been hard for me to let go of that early time. But to recognize that the Lord is faithful, even if, you know, my kids are screaming every other second, that he can He can actually, um, he can speak to me then. Because it's not about me doing it right. It's about the Holy Spirit being faithful and teaching me. So um, just going with the flow, sometimes a little hard for me. But <laughs> 
that. So the memory verse for May, I haven't posted it yet. So here's a sneak preview. But it's uh, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is good or this is yeah. right or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I keep processing that. Just like you guys talked about in the the family worship and sitting through the service on Sunday and saying things like it doesn't have to be perfect. They don't have to be absorbing every single thing you teach them. I thought about that with that same verse. Like I could use this verse as an attack on my child for when she doesn't obey, or I can <laughs> use it as an, an encouragement, right? Of like, like you are honoring God right now by, by obeying. Thank you so much. And like, this brings joy to my heart, but it brings joy to God. And that, you know, and I just have been thinking through how easy it can be to make the Bible either boring or really mean. And so like in, in formation of our children. So, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. That's very <laughs> um, good. My next question. So I think we do it. So each of you have to answer this one. So um, my next question is this. Name at least one thing your spouse did to disciple your children or as a parent that you're encouraged by or like, yeah, that's the question. Sorry. Didn't mean to say or. <laughs> well, I'll go first. I have one. I'm trying to do two things at once, but um, I'm trying to manage the stream and pay attention. It's, I'm really good and at doing multiple things. I'm looking at my notes. I'm not trying to just text well. more. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just for the men to answer, right? This is supposed to say wife? Yep. Both. Both. <laughs> oh, well, I already put it up. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, th- I, I think that for me, Catherine just shows, like, attention to our children um, so she teaches our children through that, that she cares. She teaches them that, that God cares about them, right? That God's loving, that God loves them through her actions. So she doesn't like just ignore our kids or like, okay, go outside and go play for like six hours. Like there are times for them to do that for sure. Like we do send our kids outside, but I don't know. She just, everything she does, she's doing with them. If she's cooking, how can they be a part of it? If she's sewing, how can she put Claudia on her lap? Like just discipling her in everyday living, you know, and her being a part of. So Claudia gets to see and be demonstrated what love and what care looks like, I think. I think that's what I was thinking first. But I didn't think of that ahead of time, so it might not be good enough. (laughs) Sounds pretty good to me. Good. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Okay. No, I'll go on with my wife. Uh, I would say two things that kind of to me go together. She is incredibly, uh, gosh, just ordered and structured, and so she built a home that was like a well-oiled machine and held the kids accountable mm-hmm. to do the right thing, you know, and was just very persistent with that. Um, and then the other side of that is just very quick to confess and humble herself with the kids when she had let them down. So I just think very strongly holding them accountable and then very strongly confessing and repenting when she had hurt them and wronged them. And uh, so she she was just a great model on kind of both ends of that. I think for Diane, uh, her compassion, her mercy for other people and her serving and hospitality to them, uh, both of our sons have, you know, just like yesterday told us that, that was one of the things that 
allowed them to be who they are today. They serve other people. We see them doing it. We see them helping, teaching their kids to do the same thing that Diane mm-hmm. led us to do in serving widows and things like that. And they are uh, much more merciful than me. And I know that didn't come from me. That came from Diane, teaching them to care about other people. Mm-hmm. I'm well, totally watching all of your wives' faces while you guys say this, by the way. <laughs> I think... Um, for Jim, um, there's he's so handy that he modeled um, helping other people, serving other people. But some of the things that I think um, that are, he's really strong is in is you know if you say you're going to do something, do it. Make your yes be yes. Don't say you're going to do it and then not do it. And so I think both of our sons really um, have picked that up. And, uh, yeah, I'll read you what Chad says so you can laugh. (laughs) Um, You taught us to value hard work. You taught us to serve. You taught us what hospitality looks like, even when kids shake up soda bottles in your kitchen and open them. (laughs) you taught us to be grateful and you taught us to take care of what God has given us so that's one of the sons but I I think um, something that I, I think both of us did was we tried to teach our children um, when we were in the car they could listen to um uh, what was his name from Focus on the Family? And, you know, we would listen to things and we would have songs and we would sing in the car. And I would take them with me to visit a student that was dying in the hospital. Jim would take them when he was helping somebody. I think children need to learn how to serve and to not think about themselves, but to think about others first. Good. That's Chris? good. Sorry, Brooke Nobody had to step out. Spouse is in the room. I don't want Brooke to miss what you're going to say about her because you're yes. going to be so. Sweet. We'll go to Kathy. Yes. She Kathy, doesn't. tell us about Oscar. She She's over. I was just going to say about <laughs> David is that um, he is he is he was definitely the best, um, the better parent for sure. At, um, we'll go at like <laughs> at nice. listening. It's not just because I'm deaf, but I didn't even know that I had trouble hearing for many, many years when I really did have a hearing problem, but his personality is just the one that not only will he listen when the children came to him, but he sought them out as actual, as like individual people. And, um, just who he is as a person, he cares about people individually. And he is always really good at helping me to understand each of them. He's a translator by, um, just by temperament and by personality. So if I would be, um, if I was misunderstanding or he thought I was misunderstanding something the children were going through or saying, he was always very quick to slow down and kindly try to sort of be the mediator, um, but not because he was taking sides or trying to, we ne- he never, we never pitted each other against one another. Um, but he was super great at just understanding people for who they actually are and, and helping somebody like me, who's a little bit more 
quick to sort of, I don't know, caricature, I suppose, or be judgy, which isn't super <laughs> flattering, but um, I'm a little bit more quick to mm -hmm. think that I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But um, he was really good about remembering what was going on, knowing who they were, and seeking them out to, um, to really get to the heart of, of who they are and whatever mm -hmm. the trouble was. So mm -hmm. I don't really know if I actually said anything about that, that but Thank you. yeah. He's much better relationally. Can I, I speak for Oscar about Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> We've been neighbors of the Arakos for 14 years. They're, so they're a few years ahead of us with kids, you know, like kind of stair-stepped about four or five years ahead. Um, and our kids have been friends with their kids. And their kids have been kind of like big brothers, big sisters to our kids. And so we've kind of watched Kathy and, our, and Oscar launch their kids before us. And so one thing that I've seen with Kathy and Oscar together is just utter consistency, you know, just faithful, kind of like y'all talked about with the young kids never give up, like seeing them do that all the way to the end was a really awesome example. And then seeing them be really strategic about that in launching kids to adulthood, like they <laughs> really thought hard about how do we honor our kids as adults and not control them as they start taking over their own lives, but the transition to becoming coaches and advisors, you know, yeah. um, and that was really helpful because they were just a few years ahead of us. So we were like getting ready for it while they were doing it, you know, and watching them. So anyway, that's been a real blessing for us to see in, in Oscar and Kathy's life. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. So I'll share about Oscar. And um, he was willing to take risks and be brave where as a, as a mom, I'd say, Oh no, we, that, I'm too afraid to do that. Or that's doesn't sound like a good yeah. idea. And he's like, no, we're going to go on a little adventure or no, we're going to, you know, you want to learn about computer programming. Let's go buy, you know, let's go get computers and start learning to program. Or you want, he was much more willing to take the kids steps beyond my comfort zone, which obviously is, a healthy place um, for them to be, and and that was that was always a great thing, uh, as well as he was like uh, when they were younger, he was the great dad who played played with the kids. I, I didn't I, I could play like five minutes and it's like eh, I'm I'm done here. Oscar could would come home from work, he'd get on the floor and he would play with the kids, and I just wow. I mean it was just a great way for him just to build those relationships and for them just to. To, to interact and bond with their dad. So it was just real, really great. Well, I'll say about Joey, um, when I was thinking about this this morning, actually the first thing that came to my mind is that he sings um, in front of not the kids. Not very well. But, but that's my point. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that you don't do that's well. That's your point. No, my point is <laughs> that he, you're not a singer, like you're a musician, you play bass, you've always done music stuff, but you're not a singer. You don't like, you don't sing because you feel like you have an awesome voice. Um, but you sing around the house. We, we sing to our kids and he like, he sings with as much interest and enjoyment as I do. And I actually am a singer, you know? Um, and I think that that's a incredibly important example uh, particularly for our sons, but um, just that the culture we live in, we hear so many professional singers all the time that we feel like we have to be awesome to open our mouths and sing, you know, and, um, yeah. uh, but the Lord, it loves to just hear his people sing, you know, and uh, I'm just thankful that our kids, but particularly our sons get to hear him just singing 
praise to the Lord without sounding, you know, fancy. It's a joyful <laughs> noise. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a nice yeah. voice, Joe. <laughs> yeah, you want to fill in for me next week? I think that's what needs to happen. Um, I'll say, yeah, so I got, I lured Brooke back in the room. Um, Brooke's been, so she is um, tireless and consistent mm-hmm. in, um, I think the biggest things that come to mind is uh, filling our kids' heads with truth, like memorization um, and a love for for history and traditions and the beauty of of the generations of believers that have come before us. And I think those are all things that I would I would probably not do an excellent job at. I love creating and forwardness, and she ha- she definitely is is a compliment to me in that of of these catechisms I would never stick to, and these you know learning the learning the hymns like the magic of working from home and hearing their their little sometimes reluctant voices, but all singing these hymns and things, and um, it's just it's magical. It's pretty pretty awesome. So. Um, I think that those are the things that come to mind and just, yeah, never giving up <laughs> even when it's hard and there, there's just utter chaos everywhere, yeah. Yeah. um, continuing on and she, you know, she homeschools. And so I think sprinkle, she sprinkles through these, these deep truths. I, I keep stopping the kids every once in a while being like, do you know, you've just been handed absolute gold? Like, like you don't even know, you know, these catechisms especially are just like, you've just been given like the meaning of the universe as a, as an eight year old. And like people are still searching for that at, you know, 75 years old, you know, there. So anyway, that just that consistency of, of teaching, I think is, is the big one. So for me, <laughs> I missed part of this. Am I, am I, do I go next? Oh, I think you don't I, have I don't to. Know. You don't have to. <laughs> I, We're supposed to say I'm how good looking sh- Chris is. Oh, he is. <laughs> and I, no, oh no! <laughs> well, while they're fixing their thing, I'm secretly undercover texting Kelsey, saying we've been 50 minutes long and we don't want to hold everybody forever. So, um, okay. So we're gonna try and be a little short and concise, but we want to let you go, Brooke, because we want to hear you gush about Chris. Great, Dad. Oops, and you read the Bible with the kids at breakfast every morning, <laughs> and have to suffer through their t- jokes about. Everything. <laughs> they and, got that from me though, so it's my own fault. You're patient with them. <laughs> yeah, they did get it from me. <laughs> oh no, you're a great dad. Thanks. So I missed what everyone else said. So I'm not sure what kind of things we're saying. But. No worries. We did have to. That's a that's a parenting tip. We did have to say Bible time is no jokes allowed time because mm. otherwise oh, we will never. Why? Our way through a whole hmm. passage without hilarious jokes every two seconds. Muffins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Creative children. Yeah. Well, I think it was super encouraging to hear all of y'all's input about your spouses. Um, I think that's one thing that's been helpful for me during the shelter in place, especially when like we're all kind of in one place, is just praying for a heart that looks to the things I love about my spouse. And like as we parent our children together, because we have a very um, strong-willed four-year-old, so we have mm-hmm. to navigate what that looks like every single day. So just praying for ways to appreciate him and recognize the good that he brings to our family because it's a lot. So I would encourage anyone listening to 
pray about that and encourage your spouse in whatever way you can um, during this time. I have two final wrap-up questions. Not everybody has to answer these ones. The first question I have is, as you all know, we have a really large military presence at our church. So um, you guys highlighted some beautiful ways you work as a team and you work together um, but I know some of y'all have also had to do this separately during deployments. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. My cat just jumped on me. Sorry. <laughs> I was concerned too. Um, he was trying to get on my lap, but I kept pushing him away because he always does when I'm online. He always gets in front of the screen because he's jealous. So he just clawed my back. <laughs> he is like a child. That's why you have dogs. No um, cats. We only have termites. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I was thinking maybe just an encouragement for a single parent, a, a single parent maybe due to a deployment or an extended time away, or maybe um, someone who's parenting and their spouse isn't a believer. How would you encourage them in the discipleship of their children um, as they're winging it by themselves? I think that's a great question. And um, I think one of the things I would encourage them with is that God has called you to be a parent and he equips you and he is so faithful to meet you right where you are, whether it's an unbelieving spouse or a single mom or a deployed spouse. Um, and no matter, again, no matter what stage you're at with your kids, he's called you to be their parent and he will equip you with everything you need to, um, to be that parent. Also, if your husband, if you're married and your husband's deployed or traveled a lot, I would say uh, one of the things that was most helpful for us is making sure that we were, I was being consistent with the family culture and the family rules or standards while he was away, uh, mm-hmm. making sure that those same things that we emphasized when we were together, that we were teaching our kids, you know, stayed the same. We were consistent in that while they were gone um, was, was really helpful as well as, um, if you have a believing husband before, before they're, before they leave, one of the things I always appreciated Oscar telling uh, the kids was, Hey, you know, I'm going to be gone. Um, you need to love, you need to love your mom. And the way you can do that is by obeying her. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, he kind of set me up as the boss for success so that when he was gone, the kids knew, you know, what, what mom's saying is the same thing dad's going to say. Um, but again, just going back to God, no matter where you are, God, God, God's going to equip you. He's going to be the grace that you need. He's going to be the strength that you need. He's going to be the wisdom that you need, um, no matter what moment or stage that you're facing. And I think that's just, um, yeah, it is, I guess the thing that I would want them to walk away with is that it's, it's not about my parenting strength on my own. It's about me parenting through the strength of God. I would say, I'm sorry. I would say uh, Autumn and I were both raised by single parents. So to address it less from the, the you know, military specific, but just general single parenting side, um, both had a lot of pain and difficulty growing up in single parent homes and a lot of dysfunction. But one thing that both of our moms did was they took us to church, to churches mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the gospel was preached mm-hmm. and the Bible was taught. And we saw families that were, you know, as broken, less broken, more broken, but we, we got to, to know people that loved the Lord and we got to see other examples. Um, and then, so that translated into our family with 
when we would teach our kids, the way we were raising you is the best we know how to do to lead you to Jesus. And these are our house rules. But when you're grown up, you're going to have your own house rules. And that's not the same thing as God's law. This is just how we do things here. And yeah, you got to obey us. And this is our plan. And this is our, you know, how we do things. But you can come up with your own version of that in your attempts to obey Jesus and follow him when you have your own family. And so um, just introducing them to the broader family, I think, was really helpful for us. So like we were introduced to this broader family, spiritual family of the church. And we've tried to even even having a more stable family ourselves for our kids still say but this isn't it. You know, like this isn't the only way to do it and 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 lead them to have a personal relationship with Jesus to explore other families, you know, to, to look at y'all's lives and other friends' families and say, oh, this is how they do it in their family, you know, and kind of try to glean uh, biblical wisdom by seeing it applied in different ways. Yeah. Well, having been married to a military man who was active duty for 23 years, I think there's just one of the things that sticks out the most to me is wherever you live, Find a church, find a small group, find a support group. You know, um, it, that's so important when you're in the military because you live away from your family and you need friendships and you need people you can trust. And I think, too, for me, now I don't know about you, Kathy, or... Um, Kelsey, but I needed a break when he was gone. I, I needed, I would look, I would look for um, a place where I could get a break. I had a, thank goodness, the one, when the boys were little, my aunt uh, loved the boys and she would watch them like one day a week. And um, that gave me a huge break. Another way was that before the internet, Jim would read the boys' stories on a cassette tape. And when I was tired at night and I was ready to put them in bed because they'd worn me out, he, I would put that on and he would read the story and, t- and tell them when to turn the page and tell them to mind their mommy. And I was in Korea. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think... Um, for Can military. we get those tapes on iTunes? Start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think it's hard for military women. And um, it's something where you learn to trust the Lord and your spouse while they're gone. Um, and one thing I did to strengthen and hold up our marriage was I wrote Jim letters every day. And I took pictures of the kids and had them developed. I took a roll of film and had the whole roll of film developed, and I would send him pictures once a week so he didn't miss anything about them growing up. Um, you all are so blessed to have the Internet. Uh, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> so I think my last question would be, as a parent myself of small children, I think at this point in the shelter-in-place order, the main thing I can express is how I've been feeling is just exhausted. Like yeah. my brain is tapped out. I can't think of any more activities to do with my kid that I'm excited about anymore. I'm not, you know, I just am 
kind of trudging along, just getting through each day. And so I, my question is, is, what encouragement would you have for parents just as they're living at home with little ones or elementary age to have school? I, I don't have school to worry about, so I'm in a little bit different of a situation, but what encouragement do you have for parents as they're sheltered in place at home trying to give glory to God in everything they do, and then also just trying to be faithful parents in this moment. Well, I don't actually have that, so I'm going to go ahead and take the microphone, because why not? <laughs> um, no, but actually, um, I just, this, I, um, I ran across this um, bit of wisdom from a much younger mother very recently, um, and she was just sort of talking about, it wasn't pandemic-specific or shelter-in-place-specific, but basically, her her bottom line was advice to a, a woman who's just about to have her first baby. And she said, um, when in doubt, which is pretty much every day when you're parenting, <laughs> right, small children. So when in doubt and you don't know what to do to handle a situation, invest in relationship. And then she, she didn't just leave it there. And it sounds all high and mighty and, you know, platitudinous and all. But she said, so for example, say you have a toddler who's having a meltdown instead of, you know, trying to get down to the nitty gritty, what's the magic pill to stop this kid, you know, or whatever. And doing the next thing she said, spend some time on the floor with the kid. Like look, look your child in the eye and, and try to remember that your child is a, is a person and not necessarily try to solve that right then. You know, um, and she even said, if you have, if your child is having a hard time, if nursing isn't going well and it's frustrating and you're not sleeping and it's just bad, she said, maybe try to take that day to just kind of let things go, which is scary yeah. for some of us, right? <laughs> um, we don't let things go easily. She said, let things go that day and pay attention to that, to that fussy child. And you might pick up on the cues that could help solve the problem. Um, but she, she's a young mama, but heavens, she is steeped in, in godly wisdom. And I just thought, man, if I had known to just like consciously that when I was a mom of younger kids, um, that could have been such a game changer. And then um, just one tiny example of how that actually did happen. And it, it was totally the Lord, very accidental on, on my part. Because I don't, I wasn't as consciously aware of it as she she is. But um, I I learned pretty quickly. We had two. Our first two children are only fifteen months apart, and um, we're best of of friends and all of that, you know. But could not have been more different. <laughs> and um, I, I learned pretty quickly that if I treated them the same way, so we need to go to the store, and you know, so I told them we're going to go to the store. Well, one of them was super happy about that. My child who liked to flex and bend and go really quick. That would be my son. He was super psyched. But if I wasn't ready right when I said it, he'd be at the door banging and screaming. We got to go now. He's never going to store. You know, and it was more than I could take. And our oldest child, if I told her and we were going to leave right away, she would have a meltdown because she didn't flex and bend that quickly. It wasn't her, her personhood. So I got to where... I learned if I knew I needed to go somewhere in about half an hour, I would whisper to our oldest child, hey, in a few minutes, we're going to put ready. things away and then we're going to go to the store. And I wouldn't tell the little guy, which wouldn't tell him until it was the last minute because he was going to be Johnny on the spot ready to go. Right. So we still have to help clean up. 
And then he was ready to go. She was happy. Everything was fine. But I had to remember that even though the goal is the same, obedience and, and joyful, we're going to do this. This is I don't need anyone screaming and pitching a fit, mm-hmm. right? We're going to do what mommy says. But I also had to remember they are their people and they have their own bents and needs mm-hmm. and ways that they feel loved and secure. And um, anyway, just for what that's worth, just pay it, paying attention to them, even though it's slower mm-hmm. and, um, and it might mean we don't get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that time is this long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I feel that acutely mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm childless. Um, so yeah, so for, so for what it's worth from a young mom that I'm still, I'm 47 years old. And this, this gal is like blowing my mind with her, her parenting, you know, just anyway. Um, anyway, just pay attention to them and get to know them as people. And that's yeah. really helpful. And you can sleep when you're in your forties. So. <laughs> oh, great. That sounds good. Well, I, especially I, if you're deaf. I'll, I'll add to Autumn's. What I was going to say as an encouragement is that you're raising image bearers, right? Autumn said you're raising people. But you're raising children who God gave you who are created in the image of God. And so what you're doing, even though it's hard, is good work, and it's work that God's given you. So that's that's an encouragement for parents. If I may, I do have an encouragement for non-parents during the shelter-in-place, stay-at-home situation. If you're a non-parent and you have the freedom, we talked about it a little bit in, during the Sunday Recap podcast, I think this week, but... Like, if you have the freedom of singleness or of not having children, like, how can you find ways to help parents and help be a parent, too? Like, we have a friend who, I mean, Angie, she she will call our kids and, like, play with them over FaceTime so that we can do stuff. Like, what? Who does and that? And they love it. <laughs> who <laughs> does that? Eighteen year old and plays with her, too. They'll, they'll do it for, like, an hour. I mean, she, she used to do it in real life when she could, but... Um, but yeah, so an encouragement to to single people too to use your singleness or use your non-parentness um, to to aid the church and to love the church, love its people. So yeah. I think I would say our generation tends to, for some reason, I don't. That's a whole other conversation, but we put the pressure on ourselves to way over parent, and we feel like we have to be an event coordinator and a gourmet chef and like all of these things that we have feel like we have to do perfectly um and uh, put on sunday school <laughs> like i'm not being a, i'm not forming my child spiritually if i'm not putting on sunday school every week or something i think um but i have just i have just uh found a lot of rest and peace um in keeping things simple recognizing how how little children really need uh, as far as numbers of things. Um, They need our love and our attention. They need to hear the word. They need to be prayed for. um, And they need to play (laughs) and they need to be read to. Um, And that, I mean, like, you know, fed, yeah, you know, fed, right. Fed. That'd be good. I don't know. I'm probably missing something, but um, this is not an all encompassing list. Yeah. I think it's easy especially young moms, we have such a big problem with looking on social media and seeing what all the other moms are doing. She's doing that cute. Like Kelsey mentioned crafts. I'm not crafty at all. <laughs> so it'd be really easy for me to get on Instagram do like and see and all, the, and all the, time. yeah, but see, we just do the same thing every time I hand them the paints. Go 
but that that like if that's your bent do crafts all by all means but um just know that your kids need you and they need your love and they need they need your discipline um and they need they need the lord and um that's just i don't know it's just helped me to see things uh, from that perspective um particularly when i can't go out and do the things that we normally do um to know that that you know they're really not missing out and i'm talking about little ones i'm not talking you know it's a lot harder on bigger kids so i'm talking to moms of little ones but um they have you they're really not missing out it's okay uh, i know it's hard but um it's hard on us i think but um Um, well, do you mind if I wrap us up in prayer? I um, haven't really been able to see the comments, so I'll have to read them, and I'll probably comment on the comment. With the private messenger. That makes sense. So I'll pick four women. I'm having I'm having a hard time hearing you. Is can everybody else hear Kelsey? I feel bad. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now. Okay. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't see the comments right now, but I will try to get on and I'll message or I'll comment on four of the comments and ask people to private message me their address. And either if they're local, I'll just, Bree is also doing the giveaway with me. So I need to give her credit for that. But, um, mm-hmm. so one of us will either deliver the book on the porch, someone's porch, or I'll mail it, um, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. Um, so, so if people want something if they comment before you check it then they could still win yes okay <laughs> get on there um, so do you mind if i pray really fast and close this out and then um yeah thank you so much for giving up part of your night and chatting and it was really fun to hear your insight and your wisdom and yeah it's good to take a deep breath and say i don't have to be perfect well i know i was rushing you to finish kelsey but how about it's it's we've been going for one hour and eight minutes. We haven't heard much from Kelsey. Do you have? How about before you pray? Do you have any like final encouragement or challenge to parents or anything like that? What do you have, Kelsey? I have been praying about how to be intentional in um, raising my children to know and value truth in their lives, but it's been really difficult. I'm, I'm also like, I get excited about the next new book. So I've had to make a promise. Don't buy the next Jesus storybook Bible until you actually stick with one for more than two weeks, you know, like (laughs) stop trying to do new resources or new methods all the time. Just find something that works and make it simple. How Kathy said, um, just don't add a bunch of things to your day, just integrate it in the flow of your day. And honestly, the thing that's been the most helpful to me during these times is we go on a lot of, of drives. And so I'll put on Ellie Holcomb, which is really good worship music. Um, she has some kids CDs that if you have Amazon Prime, you can get them for free and download them and listen to them without burning through your data. But I also bought the CDs because I like supporting artists. But um, <laughs> it's like one of my things. But anyway, um uh, So just like listening and sometimes I think, oh, I have to have spent 30 minutes in the word today in order to be reoriented rightly. But the Lord meets me in those car rides during those songs where I can just remember his goodness and seeking his face and um, just recognizing the Lord isn't limited by my offerings. He's faithful in 
whatever I can give, but he just gives more than I deserve all the time anyway. So, um, I'm, I'm really just trying to lean in on that and not again, just recognizing he delights in us as his children, showing delight to my children as a gift, um, that reflects his character. Um, and yeah, just recognizing my tone and how I say things, how you said, Autumn, get on the floor. And just, if they're having a tantrum, I've recognized the difference between just chill out for a second and hey, Eleanor, let's, let's talk that about what's happening. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that first one does not recognizing be how much control right now I have over the environment and how things escalate. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's not that, yeah. but just trying to channel it. No, are you vacuuming or something? That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Am I vacuuming? (laughs) Kelsey's super mom. She's like vacuuming and podcasting at the same time. You just can't see her hands. No, well, how about I start ending us? Because I have Kelsey's notes, so I can just still. Can you hear me? Barely. Kind of? Okay. Well, Kelsey has some final encouragement for you. Her encouragement is that Sundays don't have to be perfect. Um, and, and we've been trying to say that, but here's a great place to remind you of that. Sundays in the morning don't have to be perfect. We want you to watch uh, with us at 1045 uh, on Sundays. But remember, your kids can color. Your kids can eat snacks. They can play Play-Doh, like whatever works for you and your family. And if we get mm-hmm. to the sermon point and your kids just have to go outside then let your kids go outside uh, if that's what works for you and for your family. Like, um, we know that we're in a weird time. We know that it's hard. We long to be back together with you. We want that to happen. It's our desire for it to happen soon. Um, But while we're still doing it the way we're doing it, and while we have to, you know, be in our own homes, uh, and you're with your kids, and you feel like it's impossible for you to watch the sermon, like, don't be afraid to to do what works for you and to know that it doesn't have to be perfect. Know that probably 80% of our homes are not perfect while church is happening. Um, Know that you're not alone in that. So we want to encourage you to watch. We want to encourage you to be part of our church services on Sunday, our live streams on Sunday. Um, And we want you to know that if your kids don't sit still and perfect for an hour and a half, you're not a bad parent. Um, um, what else did Kelsey have? She said, continue to learn and ask questions of others. Um, people are on a different path. That's kind of what we've been doing here, right? Jim and Diane have walked the path. Kathy and, and Oscar have walked the path. Chris and, uh, is further along than we are. We're the, the newest, I guess, do we beat you by a couple of weeks? Maybe I know Eleanor's about the same age as, as us, as uh, ours, Kelsey, but, um, you know, we're doing it together, so please look to your other brothers and sisters in Christ. I think, Jim or Dave, maybe you you might want to speak a little bit to, you know, during this time where we're all staying at home, how people can reach out to, you know, other people in the church or, or what we can do for some discipleship type things. I don't know if either of you want to speak to that. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say, so again, just a general principle is ask for help, right? So there are two mm-hmm. ways we do that. One is we pray, God help me. <laughs> we pray desperately. The other is we just ask our friend, you know, ask a friend, call a friend. And so we've been hitting up big time during the pandemic. Call a friend and encourage them. It's also okay to call a friend 
and ask them to pray for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've really been pushing people to be encouragers. I think we're getting at this time where we're really weary and worn out. And Dave said to call five people and encourage them. And I don't, I can't do it. Okay, we'll call somebody and ask them to pray for you. You know, um, if, if you need help, ask for help. And I think that's really important. I mean, that's been a huge part of, of our discipleship is other people have helped us and we've asked for it and asked for it again. And uh, I just think that's a a very important um, Mm -hmm. part of our growth is is calling out to the Lord for his grace, knowing he's gracious. And then because of that, we can, we can ask our our friends for help as well. What kind of stuff have you done? Tim, you want to add anything? Nope. Nope. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, last, last chance around the horn. Uh, I'll go in the order. I see you. Dave, any alibis or autumn? Alibis. I got nothing. Jesus loves you. Yeah. Can't hear me Jim or Diane, any last thoughts? You you can be a really poor D parent and your kids will still be transformed by God's grace. Amen. It's your job, but it's God's work. That's an episode right. title right there. So. I like that. <laughs> Chris and Brooke. I- I I want to speak to the overachievers and say rest in God's grace. Let it let it seep in, and it doesn't all hang on your shoulders. So, literally take a coffee break whenever you can. It's gonna be okay. So right, right. Brooke, anything you want? Nope. Nothing. Um, remember that God loves your kids and he's more concerned about their spiritual formation and growth than even you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catherine? Uh, what I was thinking, everybody pretty much has already said, um, uh-huh. just that uh, God can, the Holy Spirit can and does work in children. I think sometimes we feel like they can't have a relationship with him if we don't spoon feed it. Um, but we're just giving them this home filled with um, the word and prayer and song and um, loving God and the Holy Spirit will, yeah, take care of the rest. So, <laughs> Kelsey, you have anything you want to add if your mic's working? Is it working? A little bit. So there is a psalm I read um, a couple days ago. I'm doing a chronological reading plan with a friend, which is another good way we don't we both miss days we both get behind but like we encourage each other to do it when we can do it how we can do it and the psalm went seek the lord and his strength seek his face always and it was just a reminder if i'm seeking him and his strength and his face he's faithful (laughs) to meet me there and um that's all i can rest on right like in my parenting and my marriage and my what what whatever adventure is coming next for us it's seeking his face is like the only parenting tip i have (laughs) (laughs) well y'all keep fighting the good fight we're gonna end this here we'll see you guys on sunday at 10 45 for our service this week uh looking forward to having a full band yeah chris Mm. full band this week so join us and Uh, you're singing right yeah, I'm singing from uh, the chair, uh, <laughs> but not too loud after reading that Gospel Coalition article. So uh, uh, y'all can find it on your own. But uh, thanks for joining us, Kelsey. Thanks so much for putting it together, um, for making it happen. It was fun. Maybe we can do it again. 
uh, maybe even with other people for different topics. We'll see. But uh, if y'all want to win one of Kelsey's books, this is your chance before she starts picking winners. Put some comments in there, likes and subscribes. <laughs> All right. We're signing out now. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs>